Today on Lyft, we're going to be talking about the human body, human sexuality, and how to start to talk to your kids about this so that the conversation can continue through the teen years and young adult years. This is a topic where we're going to be saying some words that might make you a little uncomfortable. So I want everybody just to take a deep breath and recognize we are all created perfectly in the image of God. And in that, I want to introduce my good friend, Cheryl Bishop. Hi, Cheryl. Again. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I serve as director of worship and director of children's ministries at First United Methodist Church Richardson. My husband, Rod, and I have been married for 28 years. I always say 20 something good ones, but 28 years. <laughs> and we have two kids, a son who's 22 and a daughter that's 19. And um, I've been teaching human sexuality through the church since 1991. And so I am passionate about it. I think some of that is because my parent, my dad taught it and my parents were very open in conversation. And so um, as my husband and I were living into our early married years, we became volunteers at Human Sexuality Workshops. And so we just continued to pursue being certified to teach that and then finding ways to become educated and continue to teach children of all ages, fifth grade, all the way up through high school. There you go. So Cheryl, it was the teacher who taught me how to teach this class. And I'll say it's one of my favorite things that I do is helping um, unmask and let children experience and know fully what their bodies are and what right. they're capable of and letting parents have permission to talk about that. Um, I have to say, I did wake up this morning singing a little song. Let's talk about <laughs> sex, baby. <laughs> yeah. So it can be funny. It can be, but... I'll say one of the things that I want us to talk about, and we have all all these topics um, on my head, but I'm now living into the teenage years. Right. I'm so thankful that I started this conversation a long time ago. Right. So that when there are questions and when there are things going on, either with themselves or with their friends, that door has already been open. And so I hope today is could be the beginning of doors being open for families listening. Yeah, I think that's always the greatest thing is that some people are so uncomfortable talking about it. And the church opens the door to talk about faith and about our anatomy and to talk about how we live into both of those in really um, healthy ways that are accurate, full of good information so that we can help parents become more comfortable in how to talk to their kids as well. So why does the church teach? I mean, my friends always say, you're doing what at where? Like you're teaching what class at a church? Is that weird? Why? Why at church? Well, I think the church has to fill a void that sometimes comes in our culture, especially in um, in the state of Texas and how we teach education and health around sexuality, um, because there's so much conversation around abstinence outside of the church that really in the church, we're talking about it as part of who we are and our our um, identity as sacred beings, and that we don't separate that. We aren't just a sacred being. Oh, and we'll talk about sex, but we um, wrap it all into one conversation because it's so important for children 
especially as they begin to grow into their adolescent years when they begin to go through puberty and then begin to go into high school and young adult years where they make decisions, that that not be a brand new conversation that comes later, but that it be something that we've talked about related to their identity from the very beginning. Um, I will never forget that I grew up in a household where we kind of talked about it. It wasn't definitely as open as the household that I'm living in today. But one of my friends was getting married and the thing she was most nervous about was sex because mm. her whole adult life, her whole life, she had been taught that sex was bad. Right. And she didn't know how to flip that switch into living into, you know, a marriage with her husband. And it opened my eyes to how communicating to people the importance of a healthy communication about human sexuality is just so vital for the whole being. Right. You know? Well, there's so much shame wrapped around it from the early years of mm -hmm. don't do it, don't touch it, don't <laughs> like don't do any of that. Yeah. Yep. And then suddenly, oh, and now you're married. Now it's wonderful. Go do it today. Right. And so there's a lot of shame that's right. wrapped in that that we as a church, as we continue to speak into that, to talk about how important it is and how part of it is um, exactly who we are and who we're created to be and how we learn to live with that in our decision making and our and our emotions about ourselves. So why is this topic so hard to talk about? Well, you think about how many of us, just like I said earlier, don't do it, don't touch it, don't go in the bathroom, shut the door, be by yourself, be private. That's a private thing. Um, and so we're raised in a culture mm -hmm that really sees it as something that we shouldn't talk about outside of our homes. And then because we get no practice talking about it, we don't know how to talk about it inside our homes either. And so I, I think we just have to continue to find ways to make it okay mm -hmm. to have the conversations and to be honest about anatomy. I mean, that's where we start is talking about anatomy. And if we don't use the right words for things because we're embarrassed and we never get any practice, then all those cute little words we use for body parts just kind of impede our understanding of full so anatomy. I'm just going to, I'm going to say some words. Are you ready? Go for it. So calling a penis a penis mm -hmm. is important. It is. Why? Well, because a couple of reasons. One, you want to honor that that's a part of your body. Like you wouldn't call a knee something different than a knee. So we need to honor that that's part of our body, that it has a proper name. And also it gives children language to appreciate their body, but also to be able to talk about it if they need to talk about it with a doctor, if they need to talk about it with um, the school nurse or that with one of their parents, that they are using accurate vocabulary so that they can communicate exactly where the issue is, if there's an issue with some part of their sexual well, reproductive system. When we teach um, this class, we talk about how that the children are the advocates for their body, right? When my child was an infant, I could tell you where every scrape was in their body. Um, teenagehood, not so much, mm -hmm. would prefer not to. Right. Um, but that means it's their responsibility to, if there is something going on, if there is that they have to have the language and the ability to be an advocate for yeah. their body. So let's talk spectrum, right? Okay. Preschoolers. Mm. How do you start a conversation about human sexuality with a three-year-old? Well, I think the most important thing is to speak about 
anything related to this topic early and often. Because especially when they're younger, if it becomes part of your family routine or pattern or just comfort level to be able to talk about it often, then later when you move into older years, Mm -hmm. it's not as uncomfortable. So it's really important. Um, I think you said it really well. They are advocates for themselves. And so to just know what their body parts are really called. Mm -hmm. It's good to talk about that. It's good to give them space to claim their own bodies as well. Because too often, like when children come up to me in church and they stand near me, but they don't hug me and the parents say, oh, go hug Miss Cheryl. And I think, no, they need to claim their own space in their body. If they're not comfortable hugging someone or being hugged, they need to have the words to explain that. Because the earlier that they can claim their own autonomy, Mm -hmm. the better it's going to be for them, especially as they get into the older years. Right. So we go to elementary school. Yeah. Um, This is where the fourth grade, fifth grade video happens Mm -hmm. where they separate male and female It happens on a Friday before spring break. (laughs) And then you leave and you're never to talk about it again. Right. Which I think is a big problem in the way that we teach that in the schools. And I understand why the schools have to approach it that way. But to separate boys and girls creates this mystery of they're learning something we're not learning or they're being told something we're not being told. What I like about the way we teach it in the church is it's all together so that there's not this huge mystery behind it. But also I feel like um, when I hear students talk about it afterwards, the boys are always like, well, we just kind of learned about deodorant and the girls learned about getting, having their period and what products to use. And that's, pretty much all they walk away with. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really explain any anatomy of who they are created to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't explain feelings and emotions that are coming with adolescence and puberty. Um, let's name real quick that you and I are abnormal when it comes to this topic. Yes. Because we're yeah. so comfortable talking about we it. We are. Right? Yeah. And I recognize that Like I was working on a presentation and I'll never forget. We have a computer in our like main living room and um, my kid comes home from school and goes, really, mom, a vagina on the computer. I was like, sorry, I'm working. You know, it was like so I recognize that. Mm -hmm. And there's still, you know, a balance in our house where we have to keep it, you know, professional and this is what I do because I think it's important to mm-hmm. give proper language, to give that um, power of education to yeah. both the parents and the kids. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about puberty and adolescence. And I mean, really, it's happening earlier and earlier, right. we see. Mm-hmm. Um Which is why now the video has to be in fourth grade. Right. Because puberty is happening earlier. And there can be lots of discussion, conversation, confrontation about why. Like, is it hormones? Is it hormones in our meat or whatever? We don't know what the reason is on why it's happening earlier. Just since I've started teaching the classes Mm -hmm. since the 90s, it's two years earlier Mm -hmm. in both genders. And so how do we 
how do we equip them for that conversation? Right. But it's um, it doesn't matter when it happens. They need to know before it happens. Right. And that's what I like about encouraging parents to talk about it early and often is because if you've started to have conversation, especially about external body parts, then when you have to start talking about internal body parts that they can't see um, and about all of the um, hormonal changes and mood changes and all of those begin to happen before anything external happens. But if you're talking about it and you're talking about it in both male and female sexes, then you're dealing with um, honesty mm-hmm. and kids can ask questions because there's not this huge mystery of, right. well, I don't know anything about girls or I don't know anything about boys. Well, if you've been talking about it all along, right. then kids are more able to like walk in and see it on a screen, which most people won't ever have that <laughs> no, in their home. No, right? no, no. <laughs> they aren't working on their PowerPoint. No. <laughs> but okay. So because we're abnormal, I feel like our conversations have been constant in our home. Yeah. How do you start this? Like, you know, I've seen on sitcoms where moms have like period parties for their daughters or like, you know, whatever for boys. I don't know. Wet dream party. I don't know. Um, maybe t- too far, too far podcast world. Um, That's called a nocturnal emission. Thank you Ms. for Kim. the proper term. But that is a slang that has become appropriate in our society. Yes. Right, Miss Cheryl? Well, <laughs> it's a more, it is common language. There you go. Yeah. But uh, so, but how, how do you start this in an unawkward way? Well, if you if you haven't been comfortable talking to your preschooler and well, even as an infant to begin to just use proper terms, but then as their toddlers and preschoolers, if you haven't, then there can come a time when you really just have to sit down. And I wouldn't call it the talk where you sit down and you say, OK, so this is what sex is. But you sit down and you say, hey, so I'm really uncomfortable with this. This has made me really nervous to talk to you, but I also want to be the person you will come talk to if you have questions or if there's anything going on. So maybe you start with a book mm-hmm. and you say, here's a book that would be a great resource for both of us to learn. So I'm going to give it to you for a couple days, maybe a week. And I want you to just read what, read what's in there. And then let's talk next week and see if there's anything that would that that you have questions about or that you go, oh, that's really fascinating. And that's one of the things I like about teaching the class that when you said you like teaching, it's one of your favorite things yeah. for me, too. I love to see how children come alive, especially during a human sexuality weekend mm-hmm. where they have become students of their own bodies and then begin to think about. They yeah. recognize yeah. what is actually happening. Yeah. Um, and it's in, in that we are amazing creations. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we, when you get into the anatomy of how, like both of us just start geeking out, uh-huh. right? Our uh-huh. former teacher selves comes out <laughs> and it's like, whoa, this is so amazing. <laughs> and the kids kind of look at us, but when they, they, they catch that spirit of recognizing just how great our bodies are yeah. and that they're made to do this and that everybody has gone through puberty and adolescence. Right. To name that this is coming and it I've been through it, your dad's been through it, 
Your sister's going to go through it. Like this is a normal change, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those changes that like we kind of don't talk about. Right. You know, like somebody started their period. Great. That's that's a part of who you are. And um, and that's what I love about the class, like Mm -hmm. teaching them. That, you know, when a girl goes to the restroom and she takes her purse with her, she might just be taking it because she wants to put on lip lip gloss. She might be taking it because she has a tampon in Mm -hmm. there. And don't don't take that right from them. That It's not funny. Yeah. Same with if a boy um, gets an erection in, you know, algebra, (laughs) that is not (laughs) what they want to do in that time. And to tease and make fun is not who you are created to be. Right. Right. Exactly right. Well, and it gives them empathy for each other Uh because they all know they're going through changes, especially those middle school and early high school years. I'm there, girl. They're all going through it. Moment of silence. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it gives them empathy for Uh each other Uh instead of it being so uncomfortable and dismissive and don't talk about it and hide it and be ashamed of it. I think one one thing that I um, heard most recently that I really loved was um, to appreciate the things your body does for you. Mm -hmm. And especially with girls starting to um, get their periods and the proper term is menstruation, right? Yes. Um, But as they begin to um, get their periods and begin to deal with what that's like every month, that we don't see that as a betrayal, We don't see that as my body betrays me once a month, but my body is preparing to be remade new. And so how do we continue to to to, and give them the opportunity to see the other person's discomfort Mm -hmm. and pain or embarrassment and to be just sympathetic and kind in those moments? That's not something that comes naturally in middle school. Right. Like it just doesn't. And so I think that's part of the conversation. When you say, how do we talk about this with our families? We say, what do you think that movie character is feeling right now? Or what does that you're watching this couple date on this TV show? What what do you think they're each feeling? Um, Sometimes it really helps to talk to kids about something outside of them. Mm -hmm. So you aren't saying, "Okay, so how do you feel about this movie scene? But how do you think those characters feel? Or what do you think I would think about that? Um, Because sometimes you may have been teaching your child an unspoken lesson that you didn't really mean to. And you can correct that. Right. Right. So middle school. We've named that it's it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's when physical changes become apparent to peers, right? Yeah. Girls start developing, boys start developing. Um, you know, I have football players and the things they come home and tell me about the <laughs> locker room. I'm like, ah! but it's it's in that is being respectful to each other's bodies, right? And being kind. And not being a voice cracks and, Mm -hmm. you know, just being gracious Mm -hmm. that that is a part of growing up. Yeah. And it can make us laugh. Right. There are things that make us laugh um, and to give space for that, because sometimes that relieves the tension. Absolutely. Right. A hundred percent is to laugh, but also to just um, make sure that, gosh, when we talk about it, like, oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. But let's not laugh at the person, right? Let's right. laugh about the situation. And so. Right, 
Right. Teaching, and just, I, I think modeling humor around it is just beautiful. Well, it's just a, a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. So if you don't laugh through it, you're just going to cry the whole time. And that's no fun. <laughs> that's not a good way to live life. Okay. So Ellen, babies, we're talking about it. We're giving names. Preschool, we just continue the conversation. And that's what I liked when you said, I don't want to have the talk. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a one-time occurrence. Right. Even when kids come to our classes, mm-hmm. it's not a check in the box. Right. It's the beginning or hopefully the continuation yes. of a greater conversation. Yeah. So yeah. let's move to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now decisions being made about your bodies mm-hmm. and your sexuality that, you know, sometimes they don't, let's name it, they don't come to parents first. They go to peers nope. first. No. And it's hard to see that shift in your child, Mm -hmm. but that's when it happens. Mm -hmm. So how do we live through that in a healthy way? So I think most often, you know, not only talking about anatomy when they're younger, but also talking about your sacred identity and your self-worth, that needs to happen really early because then in high school is when they start to live into that outside of your presence, especially once they start driving. A lot of independence is happening and they're not going to be in your presence where you can monitor every situation and tell them how to respond. So if they see themselves as a person of great worth, they are going to protect themselves. Now, that doesn't always mean um, that they're going to remove themselves completely from a situation. So how do you teach them to be in a situation and to make a good decision for themselves in the moment? Mm -hmm. So that all has to come in conversation. My favorite time to talk to kids um, when they were growing up was in the car. Because if I'm driving, I'm having to look forward. Mm -hmm. No one else is having to look at each other, but we could have conversations and and speak honestly. And I remember my daughter one time asking me, okay, mom, what really is sex? And I said, you really want to know. She was, I think, in about fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you you really want to know? And she goes, I actually I need to know what goes where. And I was like, okay. And we're in the car. And so I just kick into my spiel of here's what happens. Here's what sexual intercourse is. And uh, she just sits in silence. And I finally said, are you sorry you asked? And she (laughs) said, yep. (laughs) I'm sorry I asked. But the conversation was continuous. And I said, but aren't you glad you know? And she said, yes. Because if we just, if we don't talk about it, they are exposed to so many things culturally and with access on their phones to so many different um, song lyrics and music videos and Twitter images and things they can look up just on Google, right? They can look up all those things. Well, then they're stuck with the confusion of not really understanding sexual contact and what they saw. And so having the conversations honestly about really what anatomically is happening, happening, but then to layer upon that, what happens to people emotionally and spiritually in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so again, that goes kind of back to the conversation about talking about it outside of yourself you know, if they come home and talk about how somebody broke up or somebody had a big fight or who's dating who, and then you can talk about it outside of 
your your personal child, right. um, then they may be more open to hearing conversation and and knowing knowing you get to express your values. You give them space to understand physically what is happening in contact, mm-hmm. but also spiritually and emotionally in a relationship that um, kids just need to talk through it. And you're right. They're going to go to their friends first. Yeah. And so that's why early conversation is so important. But also, if you've been honest all ahead of time, they're going to come back to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So one of my friends asked me this question. So don't, I'm throwing this at you. It wasn't in any of our notes. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Um, so... A kid that's grown up in the church is really conflicted on making out with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. because he feels like that could be crossing a line that's not, Mm -hmm. you know, Christian. Where, you know, this my friend came to me was like, I mean, making out with your boyfriend and girlfriend, that's totally normal. (laughs) How do I communicate that he is still a great kid if he Uh wants to kiss his girlfriend? Right. Like. You know, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a fun topic. Let me ask Cheryl. Oh, so there we go. There you go. Well, you can approach it from several different lines of thought. One could be to really talk about what are you afraid of? Mm. What do you, what do you, you know, I always like to, when a kid asks me a question of any kind to say, what made you think of that? Because... You know, it's the old adage of where did I come from? And the parents are like, well, a penis was inside the vagina and there was an egg and a sperm and you grew in mommy's tummy. And the baby, the child was like, no, I want to know what hospital I was born in. Right. Like, so to always ask your kid, like, what made you think of that? But I think because our young adults and teenagers are really dealing with who am I? That when you're asking them questions, when they bring a topic to you or you're aware of something and you want to bring it up to say, what are you afraid of? And it could be a very spiritual issue of my Christianity, my salvation, my uh, my reputation as a Christian. Do I then appear as a hypocrite or and that just gives you space to continue the conversation. But um, also sometimes they just need to hear us say that's normal. Like, don't don't be freaked out by that. Um, I want you to build trust in your relationship by showing affection for each other. Mm-hmm. And that can be through kissing and making out mm-hmm. and all of, the, you know, right. All of that teenage teenage stuff. in the back of their car when they're 16. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, here's another thing that people ask us often when we teach our class. Like, I'm just going to lay it out there. My kids know that I had a crazy high school years Mm. and that I was didn't make good choices. And I finally had to shut down my dad on telling my kids stories. Like, okay, (laughs) that's enough, dad. Um, But yesterday or last week, one of and her, like his friends all think it's hilarious that I used to be a crazy person and mm. now I'm this pastor, right? And they said, "Well, d- did you lose your virginity in high school?" Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, 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 "The question every parent wants to answer." Right. Right. And here's my answer. And tell me how I handled this. Okay. I'll give you that answer. 
But when I give you that answer, I'm also going to open up the door to hear about my sex life today with my husband. Do you want to hear the full story? (laughs) And they're like, no, no. (laughs) So but I know parents get very anxious Mm -hmm. about either either their decisions of being very um, promiscuous and or not. Right. Is that the kids? Is it their right to know? Do they need to know? How do you deal with that as teenagers are asking questions? So one thing that I always like to tell parents is to um, if they are not comfortable answering the question, it depends on the age of the child, too. Mm -hmm. Like, are you talking about a 12 year old asking it? Are you talking about an 18 year old asking it? Are you talking about your 26 year old? Right. Or your 40 year old? Like there's a there's a different way to answer that as a parent. Um, I don't think it's dishonest to not answer the question Mm -hmm. because there could have been a lot of reasons for why you chose to act the way you did, Mm -hmm. whether that's being sexually active or not. Right. Um, But if you're comfortable answering the question and you feel like you can be honest with your kid and that's okay with you answer it. But um, so here's a Cherylism. Okay. You could also say, I don't want anything that I did or didn't do to affect the decision you're going to make when this is what we know today. Mm. Because we may have better scientific information. We may, you may not have been educated as a young person, as a parent. Now you're like, oh, wish I, I would have know known that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, my, no one ever taught me that. I get to make the decision of where the line is drawn on how far I'll go in sexual activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Or there may have been an emotional reason for that. Or it may also be related to substance use. So drinking and drug use can impact your decision making. Well, if you don't want to talk about that with your, you don't (laughs) want to compound the issue by having that conversation with your kids. So I think it's okay for us to say, this is what we know today. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want for you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to answer that question now because it's not really helpful for the conversation. Most of the time, what your child is asking in that is, am I okay? Is what I think I should do what's appropriate in my life. Mm-hmm. So you want to give yourself space to say, okay, let's not let's not talk about what happened 25 years ago. Right. What are you really asking? What do you want to know? If that's really what you want to know, like if you're just curious, there'll come a time in our lives when I may answer that question. But do you really just want to know if what you're doing with your boyfriend is okay right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a deep topic it is it can be so it it can be life-giving in a parent-child relationship because it really opens the door to honesty in all conversations Um, and it can be one of the things that creates the most angst in a family Um, because depending on your own history or your own um, even if even if you're in a marriage At the time, like it can bring up all of your issues as well. And what we have to be careful of is not to pour our issues (laughs) onto our children. Constantly. I work on that constantly. Like (laughs) I don't I don't need my embarrassment and shame about this to become something my child carries. So. Right. That's the hard thing. It is. But it's a beautiful conversation. That can happen again and again yeah. and again. You said earlier about the car drives. Um, we live close to a Sonic. And so walking side by side, like 
as the mm-hmm. sun's going down. Mm-hmm. So then you come back kind of in the dark. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You don't have to look at each other. You're, you know, but um, we have a book in our house that we did use to help talk, you know, begin conversations um, with our kids. And when I see that book move is a key for me to be like, hey, you mm-hmm. want, you want, you know, let's walk to Sonic and just have you heard about, like, I don't say, I noticed your book move. Mm-hmm. Is there something you'd like to talk mm-hmm. to me about your not and, you know, about your body? Um, that's just awkward. Yeah. I'll say, hey, is there anything going on at school lately that, you know, you have any questions about? You know, I heard so-and-so's dating so-and-so. How's that going? Mm-hmm. And it starts conversations that, you know, hopefully I can continue with my kids. Yeah. Until they're young adulthood. Yeah. yeah. Well, anytime you ask a child something directly about, well, any human being, right? True. You ask them a question, right? Yeah. About them to their face. Um, their blood flow in their brain goes to their brain stem and it's that fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you can just create space for having a great conversation, whether that's walking to Sonic right. or taking a drive in the car. Right. Um, I loved when my kids were teenagers to say, hey, will you go to the grocery store with me? Um, and because and I even if I only had like eight things on my list, I was going to walk up and down every aisle with them <laughs> because it just created space mm-hmm. for to talk about whatever and it didn't matter. Sometimes they were deep conversations. Sometimes my kids threw toilet paper roll packages at each other down yeah. the aisle and I just had to walk off. Yeah. But so many times just opening the door to the conversation is much easier when you just say, hey, let's go do this. Yeah. What's going on? Thank you for sharing your insight. Um, I think this topic is so important and um, I hope this gives families some tools to mm-hmm. begin conversations, um, know that both here at St. Andrew and at Cheryl's Church, we have classes um, yearly that help talk about human sexuality from the church perspective. So if you have any questions, either one of us are happy to reach out to you and answer them. And as we conclude, I ask everybody this last question. Oh. All right. So you get to pick parent, okay. student or child mm-hmm. if they were sitting in front of you. What's one thing you want them to know about this topic? I, oh, there's so many I know. things for all the people. <laughs> um, I would I would start with parents. Okay. Um, and I would say to parents, take a deep breath and relax. And just give yourself time to think about what you would say to your kid and how you're going to answer that, but also that you are the primary educator of your child from birth. Mm -hmm. And that can feel very heavy, but oh, what a gift it is to get to walk beside our children. And if you don't have the answers, find the answers somewhere else. Come back to your kid later, but relax. Don't feel like you have to, in one conversation, have teach your kid everything they ever need to know. Um, And don't just say to your kid, don't do it. Because kids need space to know why. Mm -hmm. Thank you, friend. You can find information about our podcast on our webpage, strandrewumc.org forward slash 
family. Make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show and iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. While you're there, if you found value in the show, we'd sure appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. We would always like to thank the creative team for all they do to make us sound amazing. We love getting your questions and feedback, so be sure to send us your questions via email. Blessings. Blessings.